Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Father John, my friend Joe. This is Catholic Stuff You Should Know. It's going to be a rough morning, though. I, uh, I can count on one hand how many times I've woken up uh, this early before 6 a.m. since I started college ministry about 15 months ago. Really? So, yeah. So this is this is a, this is a little too early for. Oh, this is totally to be doing difficult topics. I'm surprised you've forgotten how what it's like so soon after seminary. In seminary, yes. all you do is wake up early. I know, I know, and I was very grateful to not have to do that anymore. Yep. But for the podcast, anything for Happy Gilmore, anything. <laughs> Somebody just bought me that birthday or uh, that uh, movie for my birthday. Anyways, Joe, uh, remember how we've been talking about. Um, Wanted to do something real special, like a great topic for our hundredth podcast. Yes, and did we do it? Uh, well, we already published over a hundred. I know. So it wasn't the last one, the hundredth. It was, and it was the most ridiculous podcast I it think was, I've ever heard. It was the most absolute ridiculous, contentless, uh, and strangest podcast, and it was our hundredth. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, you know that's really apropos though. Father Brian Larkin uh, showing up for the hundredth. So there you go. That was it. <laughs> yep. Uh, I can't believe it. We are just such dudes. We didn't even uh, plan ahead. So anyways. Well, we got all the old podcasts up now. That, was, that is true. That, that was one of the things, because we, we didn't know what, what the 100th episode would be, because we had all these old podcasts that weren't up online. We we're struggling to get them up. And then uh, a good friend of ours, Rachel Sweeney, Rachel, yep. uh, just took over the project and got them all up in like three days and was like, hey, you just published your 100th. The resourcefulness of women. What took us nine months, she accomplished in 48 hours. Where would the world be? Where would the world be? Without them civilizing men, even clerics. So, yeah, the you got thirty new podcasts that are up right now, and so plenty to delight from. Even though the old ones I can't listen to because I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's just so awkward. And so this has been developing. Hopefully awkward. they get better. Hopefully they get better uh, with each one, or at least over the years. So, uh, with that in mind, though, let's move to the topic. Sure. Which is a rather difficult one for you, for for most people. For I think people. for for me, just to give. Uh, oh, really? This is your life, general. I thought. Annulments. Annulments. This today. is all you do, isn't it? Yeah, so this is uh, what a lot of what I do is marriage stuff. Uh, Father Brian, who you heard in the last podcast, used to say that, you know, I marry him and he buries him. I've had three funerals, I think, in the last uh, uh, 15 months as a priest. He's had probably 50. But I do weddings and marriage prep like crazy. And so I get all kinds of fun cases. In fact, Rhonda at the tribunal has uh, dubbed me the priest who gets the craziest cases. You know, just wild stuff about people. What's the craziest one you've gotten? Uh, Craziest one, guy walks into my office uh, and he's like, Father, he's like, I got great news. I've been away from the Catholic Church for 45 years. He's like, I love the Eucharist. I love Our Lady. He tells me this amazing conversion story. Um, And then I was like, that's great. Welcome, Welcome home. And he's like, I also got some bad news. He's like, I'm in my sixth marriage. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> and he's like, what do I do? And I was like, um, yeah, I, I deal with these all the time. I know exactly. And I was like, okay. So it was intense. But by the end of this, you're going to understand why it actually wasn't that difficult uh, to get him back in communion with the church. Hopefully you understand that. So, Joe, I'm holding in my hand something called the Code of Canon Law. My Code of Canon Law. Your Code of Canon Law. Now, the code uh, is obviously very dear to Joe because I had to dig uh, into his uh, dresser to just find this thing. Canon Law was last semester. Canon Law was last semester. It's going to be your life soon enough. All right. Joe, if you open the Code of Canon Law and you go to the index and you look for something called annulments, you're not going to find it. Nothing? Nothing. Because there's no such thing as an annulment technically. They're called declarations of nullity. Oh, right. Okay? Well, this is important. We, we call it annulments. And the first point of this podcast 
is to demonstrate that the annulment process is not uh, Catholic divorce. Right? That's what it looks like. Yeah, it sounds like it a lot, too, yeah, it really I mean, the does. way people talk about it. So we got a number of different things we want to do here, and there's like a million different directions I could run off into, and I don't. I want to stay focused and just try and accomplish a couple of things, but there's so much to the, to the topic of marriage. I preached on this this weekend uh, about encouraging people to say that your, your marriage might be impeding you, your marital situation might be impeding you from the life of grace, which means you're coming to the Eucharist and you're not, you're receiving, but you're just not getting anything. Uh, and you might have made statements that you didn't mean to make um, that in fact are impeding you from the from the life of grace, mm-hmm. and we got to remove those impediments in any way possible. So, but we're not going to focus on all of those things. We're just going to focus on uh, the declaration of nullity, the process by which we examine legally if a marriage in fact happened. So that's the first thing. Okay. So how is it not Catholic divorce? How is it not Catholic divorce? Okay. What is divorce in a civil form? In a civil form, people get married, and then divorce is saying you're not married anymore. Right. So divorce. N- ends the marriage right it, it so dissolves to speak it. dissolves the marriage now we don't believe that's possible mm-hmm. we don't theologically or philosophically believe that that is possible right. to dissolve a validly conferred marriage right this is in the code here from a valid marriage there arises between the spouses a bond which by its nature is perpetual and exclusive moreover a special sacrament strengthens and as it were consecrates the spouses in christian marriage for the duties and dignity of their state the bond is enacted and cannot be separated. Hmm. Marriage cannot be undone. Till death do us part. Till death do us part. So divorce as a civil process of dissolving marriage is impossible. And it's especially impossible, especially like that, it's especially impossible (laughs) when it's Christians who are baptized who, by the nature of their baptisms, confer a sacrament. So they're not just on a natural level bonding together, but they are, in fact, um, creating a sacrament. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is the declaration of nullity, then, if it's not Catholic divorce? Well, we said civil divorce claims to just dissolve marriage. And the declaration, the nullity process, is not that. What, the, what that is, what the annulment process, in quotes, is, is to examine the moment of consent, okay, the moment that the marriage took place, and to see, is there evidence to say that it, in fact, did not take place, Okay. So what we're saying, Even though it looks like it did take place, it looks like it did. Everyone had intentions of doing it. Everything looks great, and that the everything was done in good faith. But in fact, it did not take place because of several different possibilities. All right, go on. So there's three. <laughs> I feel like I'm with global. There's three different ways uh, that when we examine the moment of consent, the moment that the marriage was affected, that we can say was this was did this in fact happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. And those three things are, you remember? Uh, form. Form. Uh, impediments. Mm-hmm. And uh, intention. Yep. Are okay. those the three? For those real? are the three. Wow. I'm amazed. You pulled that one out. <laughs> Barely. Um, yeah, so those are the three ways. So when we look at an annulment process, what we're basically looking for is to say, okay, someone comes to me and says, um, you know, I am in... Uh, I, I, my marriage fell apart such and such within three months of the wedding and these different things happened. Okay, so we start to look at it and say, okay, well, there's three different ways that we can examine, legally examine the uh, the the moment that the marriage happened to see did it in fact happen, mm-hmm. okay? The easiest one, right, and the the quickest one is what we call form. lack of form. Lack Boom. of form. Lack of form. You get a lack of form, declaration of nullity, like bam, because they're the most, they're completely clear and easy um, to identify. Is it easier when the person is a baptized Catholic? Well, 
Because I imagine that if they're not a baptized Catholic, lack of form would be harder. Because is there a, a is there like a set in stone form if you're not Catholic? Well, you're only bound by civil form. Okay. okay, so let's explain this real quick. This is tricky, and this is, sounds really weird to us. Um, we're, by the way, all this content we're throwing at you, we're trying to compensate for last week's, the 100th episode, which is <laughs> right. uh, little to no substance, but uh, hopefully it was enjoyable. I uh, and this one is going to be, you know, over the top here now. So, okay, so let's just talk about this for a second, because this, this sounds very strange to our ears. And I've dealt with a number of couples and a number of people who are dealing with this, who are understanding this. So Chautauqua Auditorium is this beautiful park up the street from St. Tom's. Okay, my right. my parish in Boulder, beautiful place. So let's say one of my students is just like, I just really want to get married uh, at uh, Chautauqua. I just always wanted to get married there. It's a beautiful place, you know, Midsummer's Eve, whatever, mm-hmm. right? And mean old Father John won't just go up there and just witness my wedding. What the heck? You know? Right. These priests, they're such jerks, you know? You are a they, jerk. I mean, all I All their that. rules. I know. The code of canon law says I can't do it. That's, you know, this is what it looks like. Right. Um, and they go out and they get married civilly in Chautauqua. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, here's the problem. They cannot do anything except confer their marriage as a sacrament because their souls are baptized. Does that make sense? Yes. It is impossible for a baptized soul to go and to just confer a natural marriage. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the most common case is when people are married outside of the church and uh, their their marriage is, is outside of the church. And if their marriage falls apart, then we say lack of form annulment because you, in fact, invalidly conferred a sacrament. Yeah, you invalidly conferred the marriage because it wasn't sacramental. You tried to confer a non-sacramental marriage, which is impossible because your soul is baptized. Exactly. Does that make sense? It, it, it makes a lot of sense, and it's interesting because um, that we have to. this helps me to remember at least that the church has authority uh, about of how um, a sacrament will take. What's the form of the sacrament? Right. Right. Um, like so, for instance, when the uh, new translation of the mass changed, and we changed their parts of the words of consecration were changed. Like you know, take this chalice now instead of this cup. Right. You know, and how how does the church just change? Well, the church has authority to change the form of the sacraments, and because marriage is a sacrament, the church has authority over sacramental marriage. Right. Uh, and so they can. And if the church says that the form looks like this, unless the church gives you a dispensation from that form. Right. It's not you're not doing the sacrament. You're not having a marriage, right? Now let's say somebody's listening to this and they're saying, "Crap, I didn't know that. I got married civilly, and I'm just trying to practice my faith and raise my kids Catholic." Well, right. this is a lot of the people that I deal with. So at our parish, we have this great setup where you, if you go to get your kid baptized or sign them up for whatever, we uh, and they find out that you're married outside the church, they send them my way right away, and we don't annul the marriage or anything like that. I just say, "Let's do a convalidation." So let's bless the marriage sacramentalize it, bring it into the church, into communion, and bam, you're good to go. So convalidation is just like... What we call a marriage blessing is a convalidation. And what is a convalidation? Convalidation is essentially the church recognizing the marriage. So it becomes an ecclesial sacramental. Okay. So I essentially marry them. So before them, in the church's eyes, they're not married. Even after convalidation, they're saying you weren't married until this took place? Yes. Wow. Invalidly, when you break form, you are invalidly married wild crazy huh and that's what a lot of it is now it gets a lot trickier when everything looks good the marriage was in the church and uh then we got to go to these other things was there some specific impediment like i didn't know he was my cousin or something like that (laughs) right or the most common one is intention 
what was the state of this person's intention at mm-hmm. the moment that the sacrament was conferred? Right. These are the long, what we call the long Well, uh, let's do the uh, impediments, because okay. that's probably easier. I'm okay. Imagine. I have to find them. Do you know where, uh, can you name any impediments? Um, well, well, you mentioned one, your yep. cousin consanguinity. Consanguinity. Like yep. the, the bloodline is too close. And there's, I figure what it is. I think it's like, uh, oh, shoot, I don't remember how close it is. I know you can marry your second cousin, technically, but that's yeah. like as close as you can get. Yeah, um, you're flirting with Dan- yeah, I know. Even dangerous. there, you know, yeah. you, can, you, can, you can, just for uh, just for the sake of your children. Um, so I know that's one. I know, like, uh, shoot. There's like, I don't know, there's like 30 of them in there. There's a lot of them. Okay, yeah, try and marry a priest. Okay, yeah, exactly. So if you're a priest and you haven't been laicized. Okay, I don't know where these are in canon law, so uh, write us a question if you want to learn more about impediments. There's impediments. They're out there. They're they're there. Hey, usually we're going from Wikipedia. You could have an impediment right now. We're usually going from Wikipedia, but... Pretty much, unless uh, the the priest is going to, you know, uh, catch any of these things, uh, if people are manifesting. I thought you said them. you do annulments all the time. You can't name any impediments. I've all never the time done either. an impediment. Oh, really? I, I've done almost all lack of form, except for now I'm in my first kind of full case with intention. Mm. So focusing back on intention, the, yes. the third kind of uh, uh, examination nullity, we need to demonstrate that the person was not able to essentially do what they intended to do, which was to enter into the sacrament and that could be because of psychological emotional whatever stress problems um you know whatever it might have been they could have been drunk or something by the time which it, it sounds crazy but you wouldn't believe it. the boys start hitting the shots there oh for sure before the wedding oh i just and, thought of uh, an impediment yes if you murder your former wife ah there you go that's impediment to marriage i don't know why i remember that one, but that's the only one. <laughs> psycho so if you are in a marriage right now but you actually killed your previous spouse you're probably not married right and if now. you're listening to this podcast that's just strange so. i know but you've had you know you're you have six marriage guy over there i know i know okay so back to intention so, okay oh wait going back to six marriage guy yeah six marriage guy was a crazy like buddhist who just kind of uses the typical boulder guy you know he got married to like some jewish chick in turkey and you know who had a marriage in tibet he was all over the world but they were all I was going through them, and I was like, yes. I was, like, checking them off. I was like, yes, please tell me all of these were outside of the church. All lack of form. Boom, 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 boom. They were all invalidly conferred. So he was actually never married. Never married. And then with number six. He has been married convalidated, six times. Convalidated and it. Convalidated. Interesting. And uh, bam. So yeah. huh. crazy, huh? That is pretty wild. So he's in full community church. That guy's amazing. Comes to daily mass. He's like the woman at the well. He's at the woman at the well. But it's difficult to explain to people what we are trying to argue. When they come forward and say, I want an annulment, and say basically what we're arguing is that this marriage never happened. Right? Now, this is where it gets tricky. Well, let's mm-hmm. go back. Okay, before we get into that, let's go back um, to intention. So, so like, um, the majority of the situation is, like, my wife or my husband cheated on me or psychological um, things started kind of manifesting that caused just crazy stress and problems in the marriage. And we since usually what happens is they divorced and then now they're trying to either sort that out. Right. It gets messy if they remarry. If you remarry, that's where, that's where it gets, mm-hmm. you know, we get into trouble. Well, there. that's where you're living in something that could actually not be a marriage. Exactly. The church always presumes on the side of marriage, right? Mm-hmm. We presume that the bond was in that, in, uh, in fact, validly conferred and that you are bonded to it. Um, unless there's sufficient evidence to prove that it was not. Mm. And that's where it gets very, very difficult. 
And um, again, this is like this is one of the hardest things to bring people through in terms of pastorally because um, it looks like the church is saying, you know, I don't want you to be happy. Or what do you do if someone's already in their second marriage and they haven't been a null? The first one hasn't been declared null and um, it doesn't get declared null. Let's say the, the annulment, so to speak, is denied, um, which is even kind of a false language. But uh, then what do you do? Well, see, this is where it's like, oh, yes. it's just difficult. So young priests, I don't know what I'm doing out there, but uh, trying mm. to bring people along. So let's go back now to the final thing and then I will relieve you of this 16 and a half minutes okay we're doing okay yeah you're doing all right the uh um the whole question of why does why why can the church even do this right this is a, this is an important question like why does the church have the authority to undergo a legal process to investigate whether a marriage actually happened or not and why do they have the authority to to decide that you were in fact married you were in fact not married because the church has authority over the sacraments exactly that's the key. The church has the authority over the sacraments. We think of marriage as kind of this like civil thing and the priest is kind of in the corner like, bloop, you know, blessing it. But in fact, it is of the church and so the church has the authority to do that. Now, marriage itself is a legal entity. Right? We have a canon lawyer in our diocese who just did a dissertation on that. Probably not going to read it because it would be pretty boring. Right. But his whole argument is that by its essence, marriage is legal. So the only way that the church could undergo this would be in a legal form. Hmm. Right? That's why there's an ecclesiastical legal system by which these declarations of nullity are either determined or not determined. Now, here's the other kicker. Joe Doman, is the church infallible in her legal proclamations of declarations of nullity? No. No, she's not. So what does that mean? That means the church could say, yeah, this wasn't really marriage. We declare it that it was null, and they could be wrong that you were. Or vice versa, the church could say, no, this valid, this marriage was valid, but the church could be wrong in that. Yet, we as members of the church are still obligated to ob- obey the church and follow yes. the church. Uh, like, we'll never err in being obedient to the church, but the, even though the church can err in yes. what it declares, right. at least in this. You know, infallible when it comes to faith and morals, uh, you know, Dogmatically, uh, state or state in a way that's infallible declaration. But with this, it's not an issue of faith or morals. It's an issue of a practical, you know, did a sacrament take place here or not? Exactly. And to the best of the church's ability, as our mother, she is trying to determine the validity of this marriage. But it, it, we just can't know. Mm-hmm. You, at the end of the day, you you cannot be ever be totally certain uh, about the intention of one's person. All we can do is have a full investigation where both parties are and everything is accounted for, witnesses, everything, mm-hmm. and trust and then trust in the church. Trust in her judgment. And that's the biggest thing is to say, yes, she can err, but can I trust? Do I love her in such a way as I can trust her judgment? Right. And, and that I can be happy based on, you know, whatever the decision is made. And the church doesn't take these things lightly. I mean, I, I don't know every diocese. I know in Denver uh, – the, the tribunal is a very serious place, uh, and they they take marriage. They they love marriage, and they take marriage very seriously. And it's very um, uh, the process is meticulous. Yeah, and they don't do these things kind of capriciously. They they really uh, they give it a long look. And you know, I, I don't know. I would trust their judgment. I don't, again, I don't know what every diocese and how that all works, but it is interesting. So um, yeah, I was thinking about this too because you just going back to what you uh, the difficulty of you know what if you're in a second marriage and you get an uh, you go to get an annulment or a declaration of nullity and you, it's refused. 
what do you do? It's a sticky situation. That actually happened to my um, great-grandparents. I don't know if I ever uh-uh. told you this. Yeah. I feel like I've told this on the podcast before. Maybe I didn't. But, um, yeah, my I, didn't, I never knew them. They were both deceased before I um, was born. Oh, no, I did know my little pop-up. That's what we used to call them. Pop-up. But uh, so my great-grandmother, uh, she was an immigrant, came over here, and very early in her marriage, I think her oldest daughter was like 12 or 13, uh, her husband just left him. They came to America, New York City, and he was just gone. And they never heard from him again. Like So we never knew that guy at all. And uh, eventually, my great-grandmother got remarried to this guy, Ernest, who's a great guy. Um, but they could never get an annulment because the other party was completely gone. Mm-hmm. And there was no reason. I mean, there was, there was, they had form, no impediments. It was hard to tell intention. I mean, as far as she was concerned, she right. intended to get married, but she didn't know his intention. He wasn't around. So they weren't, the annulment was impossible. Right. Uh, but she got married to this guy civilly. And they lived, you know, had a married relationship and for a number of years. But they would always go to church, but they never received communion. And right. it was kind of like they were, like, living in the messiness of the situation. Where, like, we understand that this is a, a – we're, we're living – technically living in sin. But yet we come before God as, like, we need mercy, you know. Right. And we, they wouldn't receive communion. But they, would, they were faithful in going to Mass and just kind of being close to the church even though – they weren't technically a part of the heart of the, at the heart of the church in communion. Um, and eventually, I, I don't know what year it was, but eventually they just made a decision to like, you know what, we really want to receive communion again. So they just made a decision to live as brother and sister after that, from yeah. that point on and the rest of their life, uh, which I, I forget how long it was. But I remember there was a, uh, my mom telling me there was a real point where they just decided we're going to start receiving communion and uh, and live as brother and sister. And it's just a beautiful witness of like, this is a ma- marriage law, and when it comes to annulments, it's just so messy. Yeah, and, and the rea- its not—it's not because the law is messy or whatever. It's just a reflection because our lives are messy. Yeah, and the situations we find ourselves in uh, become r- difficult situations. Uh, but you will never—you never go wrong in just being faithful to the church, uh, and 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 just coming to the knowing. The danger is always. Oh, I, I'm I'm living in sin, so I'm I have no place in this church anymore. I'm just going to reject. I'm not going to go to church. Right. This isn't my religion anymore because this doesn't work for me. Right. I don't fit in here. Right. Uh, and there's a beautiful way to still live in that tension, recognizing there's a there's a messiness to my life now. But you know what? This is the truth, and I, I need this even if I'm even if I'm sitting at the in the threshold and not entering. You know, like I'm right. I'm still. And I think that's a that's a beautiful story, and that's always the counsel I give if if someone's in that situation to say. You know, you need to live as brother and sister. But the deeper question in that is to say, where do you believe that your flourishing and your fulfillment as a human being is going to come from? Hmm. Is it going to come from that guy or is it going to come from the faith of Jesus Christ as it's lived and expressed in the church? Like, really, that is the question. Hmm. Like, where will your happy? Because I think that's the question. I, this is what I hear more than anything. I can't be happy without him. I'll never, I can't be happy without the other, without such and such. Which is, you know, this is a, a difficult, difficult thing. And the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with is my uh, godmother's um, annulment being denied. I think that's been the hardest thing, hands down, as a priest to deal with. Hmm. And trying to walk with her in that. But also to say, the man will not make you happy. No man will f- deeply satisfy all the desires of your heart. And if the, the church is true in what she professes, then this, in fact, is the key to the, to the fullness of life. So, Well, that's pretty wild. That's the claim. That's, yeah. But I think that's what's always beneath it. And that's always the hardest thing is to try and move people to that without making them feel pushed out. Because mm-hmm. people get pushed out over this topic 
oh man, it's crazy. They're yeah. gone. They're gone. And it's very, very difficult. And you get a lot of angry people. And For but, sure. And there's a lot of joy in it too. I mean, it, there's, you kind of see both sides of this. I know this summer when I was living at Immaculate Heart of Mary uh, with Brian Larkin, Father Brian Larkin in North Glen. <laughs> who is a real person. Who is a real person. And he wasn't on the podcast. But he doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> he doesn't have an English accent. Um, but uh, when we were, I was there throughout the summer for about 10 weeks. And while I was there, there was a, a couple, they were like in their 80s. And his annulment finally came through. And so, like, they had been they had been living together for, like, 60 years, oh you know, gosh. thinking they were married. And then, like, and he was never Catholic, you know, because he, he couldn't get married because he had this other marriage that was valid. Right, right. And, uh, or I guess they, were, they presumed valid, but the annulment finally came through. And it was, like, a Wednesday, you know, in the middle of the summer at some point, his annulment came through. And so... Father Greg gave him, like, all the sacraments at a daily mass. It was, like, boom, 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 boom. baptism, confirmation, Eucharist, marriage, all right here. You know, the people at daily mass was, like, didn't expect this at all, but it was, you That's know. That's hilarious. It Four was, sacraments. And a... it, it was cool, and he had, like, his white gown and everything, before, you know, baptismal garment right. and stuff. It was, really, it was actually beautiful. That's awesome. I think, as a final note, if you're listening to this podcast and you're in one of these situations, you know, just don't don't despair. Just find a good priest, uh, who you, someone you can trust. But someone who loves the church uh, and who can help you through this process. So this is meant always to be, you know, uh, hands-on, and we want to work uh, through this, and we want to really help articulate this. So anyways, I hope this is a helpful topic. Uh, it's kind of taken a shot at it. There's so much more we could talk about, but um, alas. The other 28 time, impediments. We... The other 28 impediments that we don't know. Time to put canon law away for now. There you go. Well, we'll see you guys next week. And see any more week. thoughts, suggestions, insults, comments, whatever, we will take them. Catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com.